Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. Anybody want to get metal can turn around and get the fuck out of here because it is the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with me, Dr. Fuck, and Double Live. Oh, yeah! Wadzilla. That's right. And it's us going to do our first Ted Nugent review today. That's right. That's right. We're going to do Weekend Warrior. But before that, Ian. Yes, sir. I got iTunes reviews. You got iTunes reviews? You're going to do iTunes reviews? No, I'm sorry. We got no <laughs> iTunes reviews. No. I no, sp- what's up What's up with you people? I want some iTunes reviews. I specifically said, let's not mention we got no iTunes reviews. I just, <laughs> I just fucked it up. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good segue to say, come on, leave us iTunes reviews. That hey. way you get to hear your name and your gl- uh, and all your glory on uh, on the show. But you, we get to, you, you get to hear your name and all your glory on the YouTube reviews because we got a few. Yes, sir. Just today, and you know what? And I listened to it because I was cleaning around the house. Uh, I put up the uncensored Iron Maiden's first album. Yes. And, oh, my God, it's hilarious, dude. I, you know, because I don't listen to our shows. But this one was really good. Greg Barnes was on fire more than one way, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's really good. It's a real... And, dude, it is so uncensored. There's a part where we're breaking up. We're like, hello, hello, hello. And I don't know. And I listen to that. I go, you know what? It's uncensored. So you're supposed to hear little mistakes, you know. Anyway, some guy already... There was already two... Two uh, comments on that one. I just put that up like around noon, and it's and we're recording this at 6 p.m. Uh, one guy called Israel Decoy on that Iron Maiden one said, "Fuck yeah, Westland Mall and Hialeah. I grew up in that neighborhood. I buy I buy all my shit in specs. That's the same specs I bought the first Iron Maiden. So there, we got a Hialeah boy listening to us, and I don't know all who right. this guy is. And the other review was uh, J- Joseph Staub. He said, "I love." This episode, Greg is awesome. How he just rolls with the punches, and boy, does he ever, man. Man. There was one part in the review where Greg Barnes goes to me, he goes, Ralph, can I ask you a question? And then I go, dude, I only let girlfriends give me head. And then Greg Barnes goes, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> that guy rules. We got to have him back soon. Oh, hell yeah. All right, this is from Max Power. And uh, he left a review on the 78 Kiss solo albums. Remember we did all four of them in one episode? Begley. He wrote, Act now while supplies last. The Rock and Metal Combat Podcast bargain. Four album reviews for the price of one. Unfortunately, Gene Solo's album is one of them. The Gene Variety Hour record takes a pretty good beating. Ian is particularly gives it a merciless teabagging. He had me rolling. I also... Feel it is worse than this than all the '78 solo albums. Both wait, hold on. It's a read more thing. Both both Ralph and Ian have a lot of praise for Ace's record, and rightfully so. Additionally, Ralph gives a very balanced review of Peter's album. Most people just dismiss it without giving it a chance. Missing from this episode was the go-to guy to Kiss reviews, Bill Wang. Ralph and Ian, instead of going wangless, instead of going wangless this time, just jabs Justin Childers 
and puts him in Bill's makeup and costume if the man himself can't make it. Thanks for for keeping the rock and metal combat uh, going, guys. It's something I always look forward to, and I know it means a lot to many other people. By the way, Ian sucks and Ralph rules. He's the star of the show. Uh, well, actually, I, I, I was the one that added in that last part. Oh, okay. He didn't actually say that. I just felt like it needed to be said. All right, the next one, uh, Wasp of the Headless Children, Uncensored One, he's, he wrote, Why the fuck won't Wasp tour the stage? This is Jeff, Jeff Harder, by the way. Not good enough for Blackie, I guess? I'm fucking pissed. I'd love to see Crimson Idol Anniversary Tour. Fuck you, Blackie. And fuck you too, Ian, for not liking Crimson Idol. Ralph Rules. All right, I, that, that part I, I made up too. Oh. He just ended yeah. it with fuck you, Blackie. But I, I put in fuck you, Ian, because you don't like that album. So I figured, you know, I, I, I'd add that for Jeff. Did, did you hear the news about that? Yeah, they're doing a whole... Uh, album and, and I'm not really the biggest fan of that album either. Though I do like a few select tracks. You really hate yeah. it. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, just get, yeah, I hate it because I love Wasp. Uh, yeah, that's shit. And they're re-recording the whole album. I can only imagine. That, that, that's like fucking uh, Maiden re-recording uh, fucking Virtual Eleven. You know? But, but using Blaze again. <laughs> <laughs> You know, All right, oh look, Big God. Bushy leaves a fucking comment. And this was for the YouTube exclusive I put up last week. Remember that story I told you with the girl and the lesbians? And stuck yes, in yes, the yes. room naked? Which, by the way, if you're listening on podcast, you can't, you, you have to hear that story. It's pretty interesting. He wrote, uh, I'm not sure what I enjoy more, the unedited podcast episodes or these YouTube exclusives. Always a great time, always hilarious, and always worth a listen. You guys crack me the fuck up. Best podcast on the interwebs, bar none. Keep it up. Make my Sundays the best days of the week, and my Wednesdays are right up there as well now. Love you guys. You rule. The Spuds McKenzie dog is a bull terrier, by the way. And fuck Ian and Ralph rules up. He didn't say that either. All right. uh, Here's another one from the same, that YouTube exclusive where I talk about the lesbians. uh, From Eli Miller. Hey, guys. Eli from Facebook Groups. I just wanted to tell you that this podcast, including an old friend, Terrence, has given my life a purpose. I have this goal to be in radio one day, and you guys have given me so much to learn from. Over the 18 years, I struggle a little feeling that I have to appeal and fit in whether the standards be society, girls, or adults. In the end, rock and, uh, rock and roll prevails, and you have given me Hope and joy again. Thank you, Ralph, and fuck you, Ian. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. He did end it with that. And by the way, Eli, if you want to learn anything from us, don't be like us if you want to get on radio. That's what, <laughs> you ain't going to make no, it. No, I, I was going to tell him, man, hey, cut your teeth on that metal. Don't let any douchebag fucking on the head station. There you go, man. Scott Green, let anybody on there. Yeah, exactly. You want radio, just tell, yeah. him, just tell him that I like you. Yeah, get... get Get good on there, hone your chops, and then go to a good radio station. All right, this next one's from the Skid Row, Slave to the Grind. This guy missed out big time, because you know that episode's great. This is what he wrote. He wrote, Skid Row may have had good production, and Bach may have been able to sing really well. But about 13 minutes in, I realized I couldn't sit and listen to somebody talk about them for two hours. 
Not even the great Dr. Fuck. They just weren't that good. Dude, you gotta listen to it. Fuck Skid Row. <laughs> well, who was this? His name is EJ, well, I don't know how to pronounce it. E-J-A-M-S-C? E-J-M-S-C. I don't know. It's some abbreviation, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he didn't want to listen to it because it was a Skid Row episode. But no. dude, you, you missed out, man, because... Well, you still didn't miss out. It's, good. it's up there forever. Well, until they ban it. Uh, Nathan... Right, don't listen oh, to this man. because it's Ted Nugent, you know? Exactly. Uh, I like this guy, Nathan Lewis. I like what he says about us. He says, I hate Kiss. Kind of dig Ace. Love the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I listen to you two knob gobblers review a freaking Mariah Carey album. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> he loves us that much. TikTok man. Now, uh, yeah, I like TikTok man. I think he left a uh, he left an iTunes review too. That's the kind of fan I like. Listens no matter yeah, what. And and leaves reviews on both ends. Yeah, yeah, that's a fan right there. Fuck TikTok yeah, man. TikTok man. Nathan Lewis, same guy. TikTok man left a. Uh, uh, review a comment on that YouTube exclusive with the lesbians. Uh, that one's a hit, by the way. It got a lot of hits. Uh, uh, thank you so much for this bonus clip. I've listened to all the shows several times and I feel like I know you guys. It's always like hanging out with good friends. Nothing like a good pussy story. Hopefully someday <laughs> I can tell you guys about the threesome I had with your whore moms. Thanks, guys. TikTok man. <laughs> well, little, nice. di little did he know, uh, my mom told me about the threesome. She said it sucked. And then your mom told me about the threesome. She said it was awesome. But then again, you know, your mom just yeah. likes anything. She's a, she's yeah. a mega whore. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It was just her birthday the other day, too. Happy birthday, Ma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> Hope you ain't listening. <laughs> All right. This one's for ACDC's, uh, that last album, the one I like, whatever it's called. Rocker Buster. Oh, Bus. Rocker Buster. Do you still have the same opinion on this album? I like it and still do. Would like to know what you think. Yes, sir. I actually listened to Rocker Buzz about maybe a month and a half, two months ago, and thoroughly enjoyed it. How about you, Ian? You haven't listened to it, I'm sure. Uh, I actually did uh, put it on my phone, and uh, you know I have everything on shuffle. And uh, I heard a song the other day. I was like, oh, God, what album is this off of? And then I looked, I was like, oh, yeah. Rock or bust. Well, there you go. Ian hates it. I still love it. Uh, Jeff Harlett on, again, the YouTube exclusive with the lesbians. Dr. Fuck, finally listened to your radio show last week. Great work, brother. Got to listen to Wadzilla this week. Great work, fellas. For your information, Iron Maiden just released U.S. dates for the summer. Yes, we should talk about that. Are they coming, coming around you, Ian? Nope. Uh, the closest they're coming to me is where I had to go last time to see them, and that's Houston. But unfortunately... They're playing on a fucking Wednesday, so basically I would have to take like three days off, oh. and uh, and it's not. I'm sorry to me, it's not worth three days off. This this isn't made in '85. This is made in 2017. I w I would love to go see him, especially I would love to see Ghost again, who I've seen like two or three times. But uh, yeah, that, that's the closest I get, man. A lot of people fuck New Orleans, man. It, it's like, but Texas, man. They'll play 17 places in Texas. Yeah. But who who the fuck wants to live in Texas? So, it's a conundrum. There's nothing but queers and steers there. <laughs> and don't get mad at me, people from Texas. I am quoting Matt Dillon from Over the Edge when they were talking about somebody moving to Texas. 
I'm moving to Texas. Why are you doing that? There's nothing but queers and steers there. I've never been to Texas, but I'm dying to go there and play, and I think it will happen. And I am playing somewhere in California. Stick around, and I'll tell you where. Uh, the, ne the next one is from uh, the Skid Row episode. A guy called Arnold Sandberg. He wrote, wow, Ian is a gorgeous hunk of man. <laughs> I wouldn't be laughing. <laughs> the guy. It'd be scary if it was a girl called Arnold. <laughs> is this a real review or are you making this one up? I swear I'm not making that up. Oh, hey, hey, how's it going? There you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Greg Barnes got competition. All right, the next one, again, another, dude, there's a lot of comments for that YouTube exclusive day, uh, lesbian thing. Doc, I can listen to these stories every day. Post more up. Cheers. You know me, dude. Me with those crazy chicks. I should do that, like, regularly. Every time. Like, tonight, maybe something fantastic will happen. Ooh, um, the next one is... Um, uh, Zoo Nation said on the YouTube exclusive, had nothing to do with the lesbians, that, well, will you, we get another Kiss album review in the near future? And I answered them. I, I saw that one. And, and I answered them. I said, on YouTube, probably not. But on iTunes and Podbean, there is one coming up. So just to give you guys a teaser, with Bill Wang. Oh, yeah. Correct. Yes, that will be happening soon. All right, the next one is from Max Power again for Countdown uh, Extinction. They're big, really big. What am I referring to? I'm talking about the size of Ayatollah's brass balls for so <laughs> casually dismissing Architect of Aggression in the review. Even though it's not thrash, it's still some good riffs, cool lyrics, and a blistering solo from Marty Freeman. Oh well, gotta respect the man who speaks his mind. But I was glad to hear that Ralph at least liked the demo version, which is true. I don't, I'm not really a fan of that song, but I, I thought the demo was great. He, he goes on to say, on the plus side, two things I loved about this episode. One, the Hagar hate was really flowing, and that's a beautiful thing. And two, great live footage. Kudos to Ralph for pulling that together with this episode. One last thing. Rock and Metal Combat uh, Faithful, you need to get over to YouTube and subscribe to this channel. God, I love this guy. Yeah. I can't believe how few subscribers there are here compared to at the pod, uh, Podbean downloads. What do you have better to do? Put down the keyboard sheet music to Dreams and get your asses over here. <laughs> Thanks, gentlemen. Well, you know, in all fairness, Max Power, we did gain over 100 people. I think maybe 200. I'm not sure. And and Podbeam has been up years longer than this uh, YouTube. The YouTube thing is catching on. And look, with this lesbian episode, you know, I think people, sh you know, look at the reaction it's gotten. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I might have to make a video with this Sandberg kid just to get some listeners and some viewers. <laughs> and here's your favorite guy. Andrew Jacobs left a, a oh, comment God. on episode one. The first by the best. As in the first Rock and Metal Combat episode by the best podcast. Also the first solo album by the best rock frontman. There you go. I mean, that was good. Oh, that's an ass lathering. Yeah, well, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> All right, James McCormick uh, wrote about the lesbians. I think you're better off staying away from these chicks. Sounds like too much drama. Dude, I, look, if I stay away from chicks, I'm just going to have to date my hand. And believe me, I date it every day. So now and then I need to give my hand a break. You know? 
Uh, Nathan Lewis on the Saxon episode. That's right, Dr. Fuck. Fuck Chris Jericho. He makes Justin Childers look manly. <laughs> Saxon is pretty gay as well. Oh, I don't like that. But you guys make every show entertaining. Worth checking out. Keep it up, guys. That's TikTok, man. All right, TikTok, man, shows you as even as kick-ass as you can be. We all have flaws. Yes. Oh, uh, and this one, okay. Andrew Jacobs wrote something that is not that flattering. Uh, on, but you know, it's a little ironic. He wrote this on the Skid Road episode. Uh, Andrew Jacobs wrote, "Never ever shit where you eat," and you know what he means by that, right? Because mm-hmm. you know how I treated Scott Green, and you know he put us on the metal station. Uh, never never shit where you post either, Andrew. On the, on the rock and metal yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know who that's that's aimed at though. I think that that could be aimed at Scott, because, because you know, how dare he fight back when we made him? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. Okay, I apologize, Andrew. <laughs> All right. Never, uh, never apologize to Andrew. Okay. Uh, let me see. All right, I, and I am skipping some reviews because you got to make it entertaining. Dude. You know, you can't just say, "Hey, great show." You know, it's just. Which I thank you, but you know, come on. A Sydney Metal Reviews on the Skid Row episode. Another awesome episode as always. I think Skid Row are quite underrated, and it sucks when people blow them off as just another talentless glam hack. Skid Row were badass in the first two albums rule. I even think Subhuman Race was quite an underrated gem. However, I never cared for anything after that, to be honest. By the way, you guys rule. Now, Insignia, I did read that, but that's not really the kind of reviews. I'm, I'm, I read his review just to let you all know. That's not something I would really read. But, you know, what the hell. Fuck it. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, Andrew Jacobs said this about the podcast episode we were on. He yes. said, that lame PC podcast doesn't deserve the awesome, un-PC greatness of Ralph and Ian. Yeah. What? Yeah, he wrote that. Uh, dude, show some respect for the pot father. Yeah, that's true. But at least he did put my name in front of yours. Oh, there you go. All right. Um, okay, hold on. Thunderhead is about cocaine addiction. It's a drug taking him in the middle, the white thunder coat. That's Michael. I can't pronounce his last name, but he just said that about the white, the wasp peddler's crop. And you know, I never knew that. I never knew that was about cocaine. I thought it was I, about drug, I, I guess drug addiction but, or alcohol I, I like it better already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew Jacobs again on the one where we kind of like slam him and Mark where we replied to that Freeform Rock podcast. He wrote, if anybody's going to call me out, if any, it, no, if I'm going to get called out by anybody, I want it to be Ralph and Ian doing the calling out. Everything they said about me is 1,000% true. <laughs> Who is this? Andrew Jacobs, when we signed him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, let me keep going. Uh, This was for the Wasp Heather's Children. Great talk about this classic. Super album, of course. I also like the Crimson Idol very much, and I think that the next one, still black enough. Still not black enough? I don't know. Dr. Fuck, listen to the last Wasp album again. It's really good. It, It gets better each time listening. Great for, uh, greetings from spring. Well, his name is Whole Spa Metal. Well, Whole Spa Metal, I'll be honest with you, I did listen to it not that many times. And the only thing that impressed me was the guitar solos and like the ballady songs on there. 
I like, but maybe I'll, I'll, I'll give it another listen. Ian, on the other hand, cannot be bothered. Yeah, yeah, too, too Christian for me. Oh, look at this. <laughs> I didn't see this one. This is from the Wasp Headless Children. This guy's name is I Eat My Own Poop. <laughs> and he wrote, Ian is a sexy man. What the hell's going on? <laughs> I got a feeling Lee Gertzman is creating a bunch of new IDs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jeff Harlan on Headless, Headless uh, Children. Great episode, fellas. The only channel I watch on YouTube. By the way, I tried watching Three Sides of the Coin and turned it off. Disliked it when the gay guy on the far right said he loved Motley's new tattoo and Saints of Los Angeles. Well, there you go. That I'll keep in. <laughs> okay, we got any more? Um, let me see here. Oh, yeah, that's it. That is it. All right. I, All see, right. I remembered. I remembered. I, I, that le next review was something I said in the last time. Ah, right. Well, I guess we should get to some news then. We have news? Yes. Oh, I thought we did. All right, go ahead. No, yeah, we got a few. Uh, here's one we got to mention. Uh oh. Uh, some Soul Station shows just got canceled because Paul Stanley just suffered a concussion while skiing. Wow. Yeah. I, can, can you see this guy skiing? <laughs> I see a lot of trees out there, people. I'm going to hit you hard. Harder than oak. <laughs> uh, God damn. This I was talking to someone in the hospital today. <laughs> <laughs> that tree had a tongue so damn big. <laughs> I'm looking for jeans. <laughs> All right. Wow. Well, well. Speedy recovery to Mr. Paul Stanley, who I made a video the other day praising him. As much as I bash the guy, he has wrote songs for forty years that I absolutely love. So enough of the, all the personal shit. I just got to give credit where credit's due. He just had a birthday the other day, and I made an almost human video about. You know what, man? As much as I slammed the guy, he had, he's a. He's a mega talent, and, I, and I, um, t uh, the great Thomas Black uh, told me, yeah, come on, man. I mean, you know, when I said something like that, he's like, come on, really? Put your hand in my pocket, grab onto my rocket. And I'm like, oh, I like that. yeah, I'm kind of like, dude, I identify uh, with that more than the answer my friend is blowing in the wind. You know what I mean? I, the answer yeah. my friend is blowing in my cock, so put your hand in my pocket and re reach into my rocket. You know what I mean? So whatever. And you, you know what? Just to get into the KISS subject for a second, because you know people love that KISS band. You think about this about, for a second, and we've discussed this a million times. KISS is a band that chases trends, right? Right. And every time they chase trends, it doesn't always work, but even when it doesn't work in that, like like the mountain of fucking hair metal KISS, there's a couple good Paul tunes that I really enjoy. I enjoyed the disco song, I Was Made For Loving You. I enjoyed uh, the, 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 the grunge song, It Never Goes Away. So even when they do chase trends, they, they write, Paul wrote some songs I dig. So I think that's very talented. And it's simplistic yeah. and it's juvenile, but I'm simplistic and juvenile. Yeah, but boy, he's getting a little out of hand. You know, it, it starts with, uh, you know, making uh, Eric and Tommy wear uh, Peter and Ace's makeup. Now I found out, you know, he's he had to cancel these Soul Station shows where he does all the Motown shit. Yeah. I 
I heard one of his background singers is actually Puerto Rican, but he makes her wear blackface to make it look more authentic. <laughs> That's terrible. Why am I laughing? I'm supposed to be the un-PC guy here. Oh, I mean the pro-PC guy. <laughs> Well, that's oh, I, I, yeah, I, I I love Paul, you know, but uh, he, he is easy to fuck with. And it's even easier because you want to talk about somebody who can't handle it. Uh, you know, he's very he's very sensitive and, you know. Have you read his book? I I haven't made it all the way through. But I, I, I've listened to more like at work. I've listened to audio passages like him reading his own book. And uh, wow. I really like it. I really enjoyed the book, even though I think he should change the name of the book to My Shit Don't Stink. But I think it's a really good book. He just doesn't slam himself at all. He's like perfect. But he really goes off on Peter, bro. And Gene. And Ace. Everybody. And Eric Carr. He even slams Eric Carr in the book. Yeah. And and fucking Bruce. Dude, there's nobody unharmed. Even Bruce Kulik made fun of his uh, stage presence, which I got to agree with him there. I mean, Bruce Kulick. They called him Spruce Kulick because he was like a tree on stage, you know? Right. He's not right. the yeah. most, uh, you know, what do they call that? Uh, he doesn't have the great great stage presence like, like me. Right. Exactly. But, uh, you know, it doesn't bother me when he's hard on Peter because I, I think people uh, are too easy on that dude. Not only was he a douchebag to me, but the more and more I hear about this guy, I mean, what a fucking prick. The only yeah. member of the original Kiss I have not met yet. Uh, yeah, you you ain't you ain't missing nothing, man. I I, I want to meet him. I don't care. I, I'll, I'll I, take I, that chance. I hear he's nicer now. You know, maybe like, uh, you know, maybe sobriety agrees with him more, or maybe you know, like you know, the cancer might have humbled him a little bit. But uh, just the way he was when I met him is the way I've I've heard so many other people talk about him, and and uh, you know, just all these other stories about. You know, just really, a, a, I don't know. He's got well, a great voice. I'll give him that. You had a good experience with Ace as I did. Yeah. But let me tell you something. I've heard horror stories about Ace. Horror but stories. See, I, I mean, he he was fucked up, but I, you know, I, I don't mind drunks as long no, as No, no, but I've heard stuff where he doesn't show up for meet and greets where people pay money. And, and, when, yeah. he do, and when he does show up, he doesn't even, like, you know, acknowledge the people that pay, like, 300 bucks to meet him. I've heard this, you know, from uh, right. Kiss Facts, which I go in there sometimes. That yeah. that that uh, when, I, when I'm at work, they love me over there. Well, you know, a handful don't, but you know, I mean, what can you do? Jealousy's an ugly thing. That's right. All right, we got any other stories? Uh, let's see here. Uh, Brad Whitford says he isn't sure why Aerosmith is embarking on a farewell tour. I know. Well, why. they should. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, he. Poor Brad. He just—he doesn't want to stop. He still wants to have fun. But hey, man, you got a fucking bitch for a lead singer, and uh, you know your last couple albums have really sucked. And hopefully, he he saves some of that money because honestly, man, I would love for him just to live on that Aerosmith money and and just tour with Whitford St. Holmes. I'll take that over Aerosmith. Even though Aerosmith was excellent the last two times I saw them, they were excellent. Maybe those albums weren't good, but those right. shows were good. And Steven Tyler still sings amazingly. But oh. but Aerosmith is kind of like, yeah, you know what? I mean, I feel bad for the fans that still want to see them. And I will go see that farewell tour. But you know what? I've seen them enough that if they were to stop, it'd be like, I've still got my memories from, from rocking a hard place all the way up to that last tour. You know what I mean? 
Well, you know, I, I've seen them once, and that was enough for me. I mean, not that they were bad, but... Well, what's more? Uh, Pump. Oh, that was a good one. Get a Grip yeah. was terrible. Yeah, no, no, that, it, it was a great show, don't get me wrong, but it's just like... To me, it's been so long since they've done anything I've given a shit about. Well, you know what? I'll tell you this. And and when I saw them the last two times, each time they threw out, like, you know, one time they played um, Combination, you know, and, and everybody was like, oh, man, we're, oh, man. Yeah, you know, when they were playing Combination, all the way from the front row, I saw the line to the bathroom, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. Nobody knew what was going on. They played Mamakin, they played something. One of those times they played, um, oh, what's the song that starts side two of Get Your Wings? Uh, SOS. Right. Uh, you know, they played some really good gems, and I really did enjoy it, you know? Well, no, I like that, but it was the same way on Pump when they played Train Kept Rolling, nobody knew what the fuck it was. Because that, that's the type of fans you get nowadays. That they, I want to hear the Armageddon song. You know, and that's you know what, what? And you know what? That's what. And, and as much as I loved Aerosmith Live the last couple of times, I got to tell you, it is kind of a downer watching Aerosmith play some really good songs and nobody give a fuck. It kind of like saps the energy, you know what I mean, from the actual show? Because to me, a real good show is when the, the audience and the band are exchanging the energy, you know what I mean? Right. And that you don't get from Aerosmith when they play songs us old schoolers love, you know? Right, that's why, man, I, I still got the records, man. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, if they, if they come to New Orleans, I'll go, but... I wouldn't travel for it. You know, you know the not the the last time I saw Aerosmith, Cheap Trick open. The time before that was Sammy Hagar. And oh. you, you know the guy that never opens for every, everybody he claims. Yeah. And I did watch it because at the time I was dating that Guns N' Roses chick that actually liked Sammy Hagar, and oh. I sat through that crap. And he did play at least he played one Montrose song. That was decent. Oh. You know. Like I need another reason to hate that bitch. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, in a past episode, I don't know what it is, so you're going to have to hunt for it. I, I actually played a voicemail she left me. Remember that episode? Oh, did you play the voicemail? Yeah, I did. It's on a, it's, oh. well, maybe I No, I didn't edit it out because it was such a good story, and I don't want to repeat it. But um, yeah. maybe I should do a YouTube exclusive telling stories about this stupid bitch. But then yeah. again, I hate people that slam their ex-girlfriends. It kind of makes me feel like, even though she really fucked me over, I hate people like that, so I, I don't think I will. All right, what else? All right, let's see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, don't care, don't care. Don't, oh, yeah, here's one. Anthrax. Uh, the, oh, I you know, saw this. The, the, the band that doesn't do drugs or drink is coming out with their own beer. I'd rather drink actual Anthrax. <laughs> uh, you know, I was I was of the same mind until I actually read what the beer is supposed to be like, and it's it's a it's a pale ale, which is what Rolling Rock is. So that it's the type of beer that I like, but I'm just I'm so sick of these bands creating their fucking beers. Great, it's just another beer that I won't be able to find anywhere. No, you'll if, I... if you have a total wine, you'll find it. I no, found Megadeth beer and ACDC beer at the Total Wine. They, they don't have li liquor stores in New Orleans. Oh. Oh. My condolences. And, yeah. Man, and, how, and, how unfair. I have a Total Wine right here down the street and you got none. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm I, the I mean, sober one. I, I mean, what it is is like everywhere sells alcohol and, and liquor. I mean, you go any gas station and get 
you know, liquor and stuff like that. But there's not there's not one like just a store where it's like beer world or you know, whiskey world. You know, it's just so you don't get a lot of the these arty farty fucking beers. And there's like a bar down the street that sells, uh, from what I hear, is that horrible Iron Maiden beer. But they charge you out the fucking ass. I'm paying because it says Iron Maiden. Did you actually buy one though? Did you ever even try it? No, I, I, I've never even it's tried all right. it. I mean, I didn't love it, but it's not as bad as people say. I mean, I, for my I taste drink, buds. I drink Rolling Rock, dude. I am not. I buy thirty fucking Rolling Rocks for eighteen dollars. That's how you roll. That's that's how I fucking roll, dude. It's all about quantity, not quality. I never fucked a ten, but one night I fucked five twos. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all about numbers. Actually, I don't know what you mean, but it made me go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. I like the yeah. I like the way it sounded. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I can't stand beer snobs and these craft beers. Have them taste like fucking, you know, somebody pissed in an old shoe. Uh, but, you know, oh, this has a nice uh, walnut froth uh, <laughs> Uh, a little aftertaste, you know, and the only good thing you can say about these fucking faggoty craft beers is that it has high alcohol content, and that's cool, but, uh, you know, but it tastes like fucking shit. I like, I like my Rolling Rock. These craft beers are for guys who want to have a beer with other guys, but they don't like the way beer tastes. And, well, and if, you know, you don't, you know drink, drink fucking wine or drink a goddamn Zima. You know, you don't need a, a cotton candy Snickers winter ale strawberry. That's not fucking beer, you asshole. Do fucking street drugs like a fucking man. And drink fucking dirt beer. That's what I say. God bless America. Hey, That's Ian, right. you know what they should invent, though? And I would highly recommend you start drinking. They make a beer that tastes just like Rolling Rock, right? But it just doesn't yeah. make you want to take a piss that much. That way we can be done with our episodes much quicker. Uh, before that, I'll just move all the equipment in the bathroom and just sit on the shitter the yeah, whole that, time. Yeah, that'd be good. You know, you, and you can fart with me farting. We can have like a little <laughs> fart war. Hey, another awesome. thing. Speaking of, you know, anthrax beer, I don't know if you saw what I put up on the podcast page, which, by the way, I'm on there more than you now. What a fucking flip around, huh? You're hardly yeah. there, and I'm always there. I, I contribute a lot to the Facebook page now. And yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but I put up a picture yesterday. There's a Motorhead vibrator now. Did you see it? Yes, yes. And it's called Overkill. Why not call it Orgasmatron? <coughs> or, you know, vi- Vibrator. You know, Motorhead has, has a song called Vibrator. Right. Or Snakeskin and Laura, whatever. I, whatever. My point is, I put it up, and dude, I can't remember the guy's name, but this guy's been messing with me lately. Like, he's just got to disagree with me on everything. And I remember his name, and I, I like to keep it that way. He wrote, he actually wrote this. He goes, what is that? He actually didn't know what it was. And I wrote, it's a thermometer. <laughs> and then Justin goes, I forgot what the hell Justin said. And I said, oh yeah, Justin goes, yeah, they should call it Orgasmatron after I said it. Genius. And I said, uh, hey, once it comes in the mail, let us know how far you can get it in. <laughs> yeah, you know, Justin's getting married, so we need to buy one of those for his wife. It's it, Oh, it, it, Oh, it's a wife. It's a it's a female. Yeah, well, at least at least that's the picture he's posting. Oh, he's a, he's, he's pulling it out in John. Well, <laughs> yeah. interesting, interesting. That's my metal news because I don't know when that came out, but I saw that on my newsfeed and I 
put up. And I, I got to get one of those. I got to put my my Black Sabbath vibrator to, to retire. It's not actually a Black Sabbath vibrator, but it's actually black, so I call it Black Sabbath. And I, I still have it in the package that I wrote Black Sabbath on it. And every time, you know, I use it to that special company that comes by, I always wash it up really nice, you know, for the next girl to come by, because I am a gentleman. Nice. Thank you. All right, and uh, one last story. I'd like to uh, show a little bit of respect and concern for Steve Grimmett. Uh, oh, my God, this terrible, man. Well, and I don't know if you, if you saw today, but uh, it just got worse. They had to take him back in and take more of his leg What? Off. Yeah. Holy crap. You know who he spoke to recently? I saw it on my Facebook page. John Gallagher is on my Facebook page. Because, you know, me okay. and him are buds, man. Like, right. You know, we've opened for Raven a few times. And he told me, man, that he spoke to Steve Griffith. This was like two days ago. And he said he was in right. good spirits, man, but maybe not now, you know. God, how yeah. sad. How terrible, you know. Yeah, I, I guess uh, before, originally, I, it was less than what I thought it was. It was, I mean, like, you know, of course, the foot was gone, but it was still below the knee. And I believe, like, what they just had to do, they had to go above the knee. Oh, oh man. But, I, I mean, that that's not to say... You know, hopefully they get this, and that's not to say the man can't perform and they can't give him prosthetic. Yeah, my you know? buddy has a prosthetic leg, actually. I mean, look at that fucking, uh, the Olympic dude who killed his old lady, you know? And he, he lost both legs and was still able to fucking kill his wife, so. You know, you can still leave a productive life, you know? But, uh, no, I mean, how I about, how about that episode? How about that episode where you, um, where, uh, Terrence got fired? You were totally legless on that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And I kept my job. And you still perform. <laughs> That's right. That guy's fired, but I kept my job. And he's got healthy legs. That yeah. guy's never been legless. Yes. All right. But uh, yeah, that's very, a sad very story. sad. Uh, there is a uh, a GoFundMe project for him because I believe his uh, his medical bills. Oh, are, like, I'm already gonna open. definitely contribute to that. Yeah, I, I think it's already over like twenty thousand dollars. So awesome. And. Uh, and they've raised like over six thousand already. You know that that's one of the things John Gallagher said that when he talked to him on the phone, he was in good spirits and so thankful for everybody that's you know he right. didn't say contribute, but for the well wishers. And yeah, it's actually. true. I see a lot of people on my page, but you know what? And then there's scumbags that actually made jokes out of it. You know, it's just this fucking world, man. Yeah, I, I mean that that shit is only funny when it happens to Sammy Hagar. You know? No, it's not. Now, if it was... Yeah, that'd be well, funny if it happened no, to him. Because no. he'd still be alive. What's funny about that? And he could still perform, like you said. Come on. Yeah, but I could, like, you know, throw shit at it. While, you know, I could go to a show and throw yeah. shit at it while I was on stage and he falls over. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be like one of those arcade games and I could shoot it with a BB gun and, you know, ding! You, you know what I noticed today? Is that we have a Hagar Defender on the podcast. Why is uh, it every, why is it why is it every Hagar defender always loves Roth more? Oh, I know why, <laughs> you know. But still, it's it's it, it, you never heard somebody say, "I don't like Roth. I only like Hagar Halo." You know, it just doesn't happen, right? Right. Anyway, all right. That's very sad news. Now uh, to brighten the mood, I got some good news. Um, for I don't know if I mentioned this. Well, we didn't have news last week, so I'll mention it this week. Uh, Thrasher Die is playing New York in Queens, New York, at a, at a club called Blackthorn 51. 
which two days later, Loudness is playing there. John Karabi's playing there. So, hey, man, this sounds like it's going to be a decent club. Uh, Blackthorn 51, March 18th. It's a Saturday night, so anybody that lives in New York, man, come on out, man. Check it out, man. If you um, come see me, Ian will pay you 20 bucks. I'll give you his address. There you go. And his PayPal. Or you give me your <laughs> PayPal, and he'll send you 20 bucks. Checks so, in the mail. That's right. And, uh, and Thrasher Die in August is playing Sacramento, California, where the great... My old lady's hometown. Is it? Yeah. <clears throat> where the great Bill Wang's coming to the show. And, oh my God, he's going to hate me. Eli. Eli, who, who left us a review. Eli's going to be there. He made a cool picture of the Thrasher Die logo over, overlooking the city of Sacramento. And uh, I know there's a few other people said they were going, so... And we're headlining. It's the Thrash Metal Assault 2. So it's us, Bless Death, Nukem Dead, and Toxin. And Nukem Dead, the member of Nukem Dead, wrote me saying, we named our band after your song, Nukem High. And I, then I wrote it. You know it's from a movie, right? <laughs> but still, I mean, whatever. Get but, Alex to fucking get your show here in New Orleans, damn it. Well, dude, the, the way it works, man, somebody came from us from New York, a, a band called Paralysis one, and they're a good band. Great band, actually. They got a new EP out that features Bobby Gustafson on one track. It's a really cool EP. And in California, those Nuke of Dead guys were the ones that oh. uh, got a promoter to book us to go over there. So the way it works, man, find a promoter in New Orleans, and we'll, we'll be there. We will be there. You know? And, uh, nice. You know, I am a broke band. I mean, I'm not broke, but my band's broke, so, you know, we're going to need, like, flights and shit. I don't think, I don't know, I don't even know. Every time somebody comes to me, which this guy came to me, and both New York and uh, Sacramento both came to me. Hey, man, what would it take to get Thrasher I play here? And then I just sent him a link to Alex. Talk to this guy. And bam, <laughs> we're playing both of them, you know? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, so I'm very excited about that. That's exciting news. And now I want to talk about something that I was not aware of, and it came out in 2010. And I just happened to bump into it while going while cruising on YouTube. Uh, Zach Wilde has a movie that was released since 2010 called Bones. And it's a really good movie, man. But Zach Wilde, I mean, he's no De Niro, but he's actually a pretty good damn actor. He plays Zach Wilde. Like, he doesn't play him, but he plays a character that's like him. And what's really cool, I mean, the story's not bad. And what's really cool, the soundtrack to the movie, through the whole movie, is killer old-school metal songs. Like, there's Sweet Leaf, uh, Sabbath, and I can't remember what else. And there's a lot of uh, Zach Wilde music, like Black Label. I heard some uh, Pride and Glory in the movie. I heard some, uh, uh, what's the other band? Oh, the, the Book of Shadows stuff. And uh, he's nice. got a huge role. I mean, he's not the star of the movie. But he's like in about like 80% of the movie. He's got, he's kind of like the supporting actor in the movie. And, you know, and he plays guitar. And there's even a little scene where he talks about how he almost was Ozzy's guitar player. But I won't give up <laughs> anything else. But, uh, uh, but I mean, I, what, uh, what genre of movie is it? Is it a. Uh, well, I don't know. Like, uh, like, like an action movie? Or, no, no. Uh, it's kind of like, it's nothing like the movie, but it's kind of over over-the-edge type vibe. You know, youth, okay. the youth of the 80s, metalheads, and, okay. and you know, they get in trouble, there's murders that go on, and, you know, you know, it gets a little fucked up here and there, but 
I highly recommend it. And unfortunately, the one the 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 what I saw on YouTube has a lot of audio dropouts. So I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna buy it. So I did order it. I bought it on uh, Amazon. You can buy it on Amazon. And then some other guy sent me. There's another link on YouTube where it's pristine. So, but I don't care. I want to own it anyway. But you can see right. it. Uh, if you're watching the movie and you hear audio dropouts, then turn it off and look for the other, the other Zach. And and they don't even call it uh, Bones on YouTube. It's called Zach Wild movie. That's how they labeled it. And it, <laughs> and it pretty much is. So yeah, that's that's all I got to say about everything that there. Let's let's play let's uh let's play our review for Ted Nugget. That's right. Which which that that is a, a, a inside story that you don't even know about. Alex Marquez's cousin came from uh, Cuba and he told out, "Oh yeah, you you know Ted Nugget? <laughs> Call him Ted, <laughs> Ted Nugget. You know Ted Nugget? <laughs> all right there. So let's go into the review." Wow. All right, let's start the review. This is 1978's Ted Nugent's Weekend Warrior. You like this one, Ian? Yeah, I picked it. That's right. That's right. You must like it because you picked it. Um, let me tell you the background of this uh, album for me. I uh, don't recall the first time I heard it, but I do recall buying it as a little kid. One of the many albums I would buy as a kid by Cutting Lawns. I'd cut a lawn, and with that money, I'd go to a record store right away and buy a record. And I remember Weekend Warrior was one because, I, and to this day, I still think it's one of the greatest album covers ever. Um, it's just iconic to me, the way it looks, the, the, the way it's painted. It's just such a great album cover that I had to buy it. And, you know, at the time, <clears throat> I did have uh, Free For All. Free For All was, I remember, Free For All was my very first Ted Nugent album. And I had Cat Scratch Fever, I'm pretty sure, before this. And Double Eye Gonzo. I'm a little sketchy if I had the first one or not. Maybe I did. And uh, to be quite honest with you, this was, I don't feel as good as everything that came before it. But do I hate it? No, I don't. But I'm pretty sure I probably don't like it as much as you. Uh, the stuff I don't like on here, it still has its good little moments. But definitely, as far as songs on this album, the good definitely outweighs the bad. There's only a couple tracks, uh, two, three, I don't know. We'll go by a track by track, but I don't know. But the, the thing, the stuff I love on here, I fucking love. And I can't wait to talk about this on because this was a great prick on your part. I would have not picked this one. I would have picked something maybe earlier or what, intensity, intensity, something like that. But uh, yeah, but eventually I want to do all the new genomes from intensity down. Because, you know, all of them are great uh, in their own way, you know, but there are different. But the thing is about Weekend Warrior for me, Ted Nugent was on such a roll at the first two, three studio albums in Double Life Gonzo that I, net, I didn't dislike anything on any of those albums. Yeah, some songs were better than others. But this is the first one where I saw kind of like, yeah, maybe Ted Nugent was kind of in a rush to make this album. And some of it seems a little rushed, but, uh, but then some of it is like, Boom, it's right, 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 right in the mark, like he does when he goes uh, hunting. So what do you think, Ian? Uh, I, I dig it, man. Uh, I definitely understand what you say about the drop-off. And uh, what I would say, like, if you would compare it to, like, Kiss, maybe. Like, 
this is animalize. <laughs> you know, there, there's still some good shit on it. I don't hate the album, but it's a drop-off from the previous albums. Man, uh, but I wouldn't go as far as saying analyze. That was pretty bad. Though yeah, it well, did have its moments, but that was... Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, I like Animalize better than you, but that that's what I'm saying, though. There, there, oh, that's right. I, I was talking for myself. I'm sorry. There was a lineup change, and, uh, you know, you can tell that that this was rushed, but this is at a time when bands did, you know, if not two albums, did at least one album every year. So it's like, tour, do an album, get back on tour, you know? Yeah. Just never-ending circle. Uh, you know, now... You know, you see years between albums for some bands. But, uh, you know, this is a, a, a lineup change. Uh, the, the biggest thing is Derek St. Holmes yeah. is not on this album. Uh, Rob Grange, the bass player, who also, you know, wrote, uh, is not on this album. But uh, there are still plenty high moments. And I picked this one because it is, uh, you know, a, a dark horse. It's not as talked about as the first three studio albums. But it was released the same year as Double Live Gonzo. So at this time, Nuge is at his biggest. And, you know, you know, I mean, I know you know, Ralph, because you were there. And I know from, you know, like my dad and, and from breeding, you know, there was a time with Ted Nugent, maybe not with record sales, but as far as concerts, was just as big as you would say, like a Motley Crue in the 80s. Oh, yeah, he was huge. I, I, I mean, yeah. Huge. I mean, he really dipped down in the 80s. Uh, but, you know, back in the 70s, man, everybody knew Ted Nugent. Everybody loved Ted Nugent, even if they didn't buy the record. You know, when Nuge came to town, people were there, and this man was a fucking legend. And that was his show. Like, holy fuck, Ted Nugent's in town. We gotta go to that show. And, 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 and another thing about Ted Nugent was... Uh, he's not a shock rocker, but he had the same persona as a shock rocker because everybody thought this is guy's insane. Because live, he was fucking insane. You know, like your, oh, yeah. like your Alice Cooper's and then Ozzy Osbourne. He, he had the same kind of a vibe that those artists had without being a shock rocker, but an insane performer. Right, and he would still come out in the loincloth and do all kinds of crazy shit. That was. You know. uh, I'm not sure if he was doing that during Intensities, but he did, the first time he did the loincloth thing was Screen Dream, and I actually, that was the very first time I saw Ted Nugent. I saw him on that tour with the Scorpions opening up, and nobody knew who the Scorpions were. I think if you listen to the Scorpions episode, I talked about that. Uh, my yeah. brother turned me on to Love Drive while I was in Germany in 79, and I knew them, and you know, they just brought out uh, uh, Animal Magnetism, and this the zoo was getting a little airplay, but still nobody knew them. And Pat Travers uh, was the second act that night, and that's the night I discovered Tommy Aldridge. And I was like, holy fuck, look at this Afro guy. Throwing right. his sticks away and doing a drum solo with his hands. It was unbelievable. Right. Well, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned, you know, like it was almost like shock rock with his shows because this is the first cover, and everybody talks about this cover. Uh, you know, that that's cartoon. So it's almost like an Alice Cooper or a, uh, you know, like a Kiss album cover. The the cover for this was originally done for an, uh, for an uh, interview in a magazine, a, a porno magazine called We. It's, it's spelled O-U-I. Wow, I remember that magazine, yeah. O-U-I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
and that was the, the title of the article, the interview with him. He loved it so much when he saw it. He goes, wait a minute, no, no, we got to buy this. This is an album cover. And uh, so that's how that happened. And but, then later became a pinball machine. Yes, yes, that's the, true. The Ted Nugent pinball machine that was around in the 70s, same time the Kiss pinball machine came out, had that cover on the pinball machine. And, uh, and and like I said, there is a change here because you don't have Derek St. Holmes, and you and you don't have Rob Grange. Uh, the replacement singer and and new guitarist was Charlie Hun, who now plays with Foghat and, yep. and does does a good job in Foghat. But, I've seen uh, him three times with Foghat. For those of you who who, who don't know, uh, you know Ted Ted's not into the drinking, not into the drugs but is into the hunting. And he told Derek St. Holmes and Rob Grange that they had to go out and, you know, like, shoot like a 13-year-old girl and bring her home and skin her and fuck her and all that shit. They weren't down with that, so he kicked them out of the band. Fucking proves. Yeah. And, and then he got he got these new guys, and now there would be a revolving door of bass players for the next few years, but Charlie Hunt would stick around for the next... Uh, three studio albums and, and Intensities and Ten Cities. He would keep uh, the drummer, the incredible drummer Cliff Davies, who was also the producer on all these records, or at least a co-producer. Uh, but uh, yeah, he'd keep Charlie Hunt for a while, and then uh, Derek St. Holmes came back for one album and left again. Then he got Brian Howell, who would go on to join Bad Company when they got back together. Fuck it, let's get into it then. We'll take the first song, Need You Bad. What do you think of this one, Ralph? Can I can I uh, ask you to take this one? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, Need You Bad, the first and only single off the album, backed with I Got the Feeling. And to me, this is classic fucking Ted Nugent. It's, uh, you, know, you know, no new ground is broken here. Uh, you know, not the best song on this album. There's definitely a couple other ones I would have picked as a first single. But I dig it. But it is weird hearing a new voice, you know, that's not Ted or not Derek St. Holmes. But uh, Need You Bad, I, I think it's a fine opener. But uh, but not what I would have picked as, as the first single, that's for sure. But I dig it. What do you think? My favorite song off the album. Uh, wow! Yeah. The vocals on this tune are fucking stellar. This guy is an amazing vocalist. I love it. The vocal melodies are, they're fucking as catchier as a deer getting in the cotton Ted Nugent's eyesight while wielding a bow and arrow. A great groove with some smoking guitar work and the band, the band is tighter than a nun's asshole, man. And that killer breakdown really takes this song to another level that where it's just like, it, it mellows out a little bit in the middle and Ted Nugent going It's it's like a little jam section in this kind of like hard rock with pop melodic elements that just grab me by the balls, you know? And it's not only my favorite song on the album, it's one of my all time favorite songs on any Ted Nugent album. I think this song is amazing. Now there's a, there's other songs on here I love to almost as much, but this one is like extremely special to me. I just think, I just feel like, hey man, I would have picked it as a first single, and you would have been right because it didn't really do much. I don't think. 
I do remember hearing it in the radio back then in the 70s, but it didn't last, you know, but... Yeah, it, it only made it to 84. Yeah, but boy, what a great song. And it's, you know, it's it's a departure from Nugent, you know, I mean, uh, it is almost like a pop love song in a way with a really hard rocking edge to it that... I don't know, I just love it, you know, and I think uh, uh, Ted Templeman has a little, not Ted Templeman, what's his name? Uh, Tom Warman. Tom Warman has a lot to do with the pop sensibility of this song and this album. There's some Tom Warman written all over it, but, you know, he couldn't really go as far as he'd like, like, on Dream Police, you know, but, right. but he, he did add this, like, uh, I don't know, kind of like a more radio-friendly element to this album, but it still works because... Even with Radio Friendly, you still got Nugent there, you know? This ain't no damn Yankees, that's for sure. That's for damn sure. And I don't really hate damn Yankees, I'm just saying. I prefer this over damn Yankees any day. Yeah, so does everybody. One Woman is the next track, and uh, the riff is very Cat Scratch Fever. It's It's like Cat Scratch Fever into a blues tone. It's almost like blues by numbers a bit. But I can hang, man, smoking guitar solo. But I expect nothing less from Uncle Ted. Um, I think it's a good little bluesy number. Uh, you know, not a standout track for me on this album, but it's definitely not a bad song. I, I dug One Woman. I think it's good. What do you think? Uh, least favorite on the album. But I like it. Uh, I, I just don't love it. Uh, it, it is Ted by the numbers, and this is like, okay, it, you know, to me, it totally feels like filler, like we need a track, and uh, we can knock this out with our eyes closed. I don't think there was a lot of thought put into it. Yeah. Uh, you know, e- e- even the title, One Woman, you know, it should have been called, you know, One Twelve-Year-Old Girl. Yeah, One Girl. But, yeah, One Girl. One Girl. One Girl, No Parents. Well, at least he was car. faithful to that underage girl. Yeah, for four minutes and four seconds. Um, yeah, not not horrible, but but to me, uh, total total filler on this, and like I said, least favorite track. All right. Uh, take, we, take the next one. Next one. I got the feeling. Okay, now sweaty Teddy's behind the mic, and you hear that familiar voice you know and love. And uh, again, this is one I don't think. You know, I, I think this was quickly knocked out, but it's just, it's a fast rocker, and it's got that spirit. I think the, the, the spirit and the momentum of the song uh, helps keep it from being uh, a totally forgettable track. I just like how fast it is. Good one. Love got the feeling. What do you think? I think it's a smoking tune. It's chaotic, Ted. Insane, out-of-control guitar solos. And I love how... He does that solo, and then, like, you know, uh, then a couple seconds you hear him, like, stop playing, and you hear that groovy little mini bass solo going on. And, you know, to me, I remember as a little kid listening to this thinking, you know, Ted stopped playing to crack his knuckles and just wants to go back and fucking rip. And he, I, I love this song. It's I, What I love about this song so much, it's pure 70s hard rocking guitar rock. You know, it's like guitar rock. And... And again, if I was to make a compilation of Ted Nugent songs, I wouldn't put this on there. But it's definitely a great album track to keep the the flow going. So so far, I'm hanging well with this album with three tracks. But 
I hit a snag on the next one. Tight spots. Oh! Yeah. It's not terrible, no. Don't get me wrong. But it's kind of goofy, man. But not... It's not terrible, but it's not really good either, I don't think, you know? Ted took this direction quite a bit afterwards. You would find a good ball... Um, song like this on, on the, you know, you wouldn't find a song, a goofball song like this on uh, the first three albums. This was Ted getting comfortable with his fame, I think. I don't hear that hunger of the first three albums on this track. Uh, the cracks are starting to show right here. This is the one song that, again, it's, it's not one of my favorites. I think it's kind of goofy, you know? That's what I think. So, I can tell you like it. Yeah, I, I couldn't disagree more. Well, my there, I'll tell you why you like it, because uh, we both differ on anal sex. You enjoy giving a girl anal sex. I don't. So, of course, you'd like a song called Tight Spots. Yeah. Uh, definitely love this. My second favorite on the whole fucking album. Yikes. Uh, it, it's it's just pure sweaty teddy. Wowzers. Uh, pure fucking, you know, talking about the vertical smile and shit. It, it just... Total cock rock, dude, and I, I fucking love it. And uh, it, it's short, man. It's under three minutes, two minutes and fifty-five seconds, and not a wasted drop to me. And it's to me, it's right up there with like free for all and cat scratch fever. I mean, I think it's that uh, perfect and precise. And that's why I like making a uh, doing a podcast with you, dude, because you're a funny motherfucker. <laughs> no, tight spots. I play it all the time on my radio show. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm really surprised you like that because, you know, you, you of all, I mean, you're the kidding fucker out of the two. I thought you'd really like tight spots, man. No, and I don't fuck girls because they're, and I already made this clear, man. I like a girl that, like, would get gangbanged by a guy with huge cocks before I get to them. No, but I mean, you like, you like the youngins. I like the youngins, but I don't like tight pussies, to tell you the truth. I don't, I don't mind the pussy being a little uh, tight pussies to me is uncomfortable. I may not be very hung, but I'm very wide. So, um... You're like, like, a, like a tuna can. Yeah. Two, <laughs> two, two inches long, but like six around. <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as say I'm that short. I mean, I am, I am somewhat long, but I'm more uh, impressive with girth. All right, well, I'll take the next one. It's called Venom Soup. And uh, I think this is a really great track. It's a mid-tempo groove. It's darker than what I'm used to from Ted Nugent. Uh, like the last two, it is a change. But unlike the last one, for me it works. I wish Ted would have stuck to more songs like this than Tight Spots. Yes, I, I'm sorry, but that's how I feel. Uh, it, I just like the way the the, the vocal melodies, is kinda, it kind of has like a little dark twinge to it. And, uh, with, and, and it really flows well with the groove. And... Uh, I really dig Venom Soup. What do you think? Uh, it's it's the epic of the album. It's dark, uh, but it's no stranglehold. Uh, you know, and I, I think he was kind of going for that dark vibe there, but it's great nonetheless. Uh, I, I, I do dig this track, but to, to me, when I hear this, I, I think of Stranglehold, which is a better song. But I, but I still like it, and I like where he's going, and I do like that it's different, you know. And I like tight spots because, you know, unlike you, I'm, I'm like, I'm like twelve long, but an inch around. There, there's even an eraser on the head of my cock. 
Ouch. Uh, you know, yeah, it's like a pencil. It's like a pencil, but it goes deep, you know, but, it, you know. Nobody knows that more than my throat. <laughs> oh, and I still can't get you to throw up. Uh, hey, a lot of but, practice, no guy reflexes. <laughs> there you go. And that is a catch-22 to all you women out there. If you gag when a guy's throw-fucking you, that shit's hot. If, yeah. If you don't gag when a guy's throw-fucking you, that shit's hot. Total yeah. catch-22. Yeah, it's one of those, like, yeah, you're impressed if they can't do it, but if they can't, you know somebody else better was there before you. <laughs> and that's my type of girl. Please, any girl that wants to hook up with me, please get gangbanged multiple times and take notes because I want to hear about it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Venom Soup, uh, I, I need a cup of that, dude. I, I dig it. I, I think it's a great way to end side one as well. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh but then you flip the motherfucker over, and it's weird because you kind of get Venom Soup Part 2 in a way because you get another slow rocker with Smokescreen. Yeah. And uh, I like Smokescreen, man. It's a good jam. And, uh, you know, you would think one of these would be the song to end the album, you know, not to end side one and begin side two. But uh, I, I think it's a real cool take to do that, and I can't think really of another album that did that to where the, there's two kind of epic, slow, moody tracks that end side one and begin side two. But uh, Smokescreen to me, man, is a damn fine uh, Ted Nugent song. I dig it. What do you think? Well, I got a problem with this song. Uh-oh. It has a, an amazing, cool riff. And yes, I agree with you. It vibes like Venom Soup. Uh, but for me, it just doesn't hit the mark. It, it is, like what you said about Venom Soup, I think this one is more stranglehold-ish, holdish, but a little more sped up. Uh, but in, in, in Stranglehold, it works. This, this one just does not do much for me. It's got a sweet solo, but Ted always did some tasty solos back, back then. I think what holds this song back, though, are adding vocals. It would have been so much better as an instrumental because the music itself is fucking flawless. It's great. It's stellar. Like, you know, that song Homebound. You know, that song is so amazing, but adding vocals to it would have tarnished its charm. And this song suffers the same, uh, you know, the, the... that, you know, I think this would have been great to be like, you know, a homebound part two. I think musically, instrumental-wise, it's great. But I don't really like the vocals on it. I, I don't feel like this song calls for vocals. I think it would have been a, a great instrumental. And and a, a title like Smokescreen would be a great title for an instrumental, you know? Very, very, very valid point. You know, valid point. I, I do like it. It just wish it didn't have vocals. That's why I don't like it. You know, I think that's the part. Like, if I could get a hold of this song, like, you know what they do on YouTube? You know, they take elements of songs out, like you can hear right. Eddie's solo or Eddie's uh, guitar work on Atomic Punk with no vocals. Right. You know, I would love to hear this with no vocals. Then I would love it so much more. That's my only problem with it. All right, the next one is the title track, uh, Weekend Warrior. Uh, this song is so, so much fun. I dig this one a lot. I would probably say it's my second favorite on here. A bit polished in his production, though. I think 
If it was a bit dirtier and snottier, it would make the song way better because the whole vibe of the song calls for it. It's like a rebel wielding a tuxedo in a way, you know? Where this song should, should be wearing a crusty 501 jeans and a motorhead t-shirt. But I can't completely slam it as even if the shiny uh, glam rock shoes, you know, uh, that crashed through it, but just not as hard as if it was wearing clothes that has not been washed in months. But it's still my second favorite song on the album. I think it's a fun song. It's a, uh, yeah, it's cool. I, I, I like it. I just, I just think the production is a little too slick for this type of song. What do you think? Uh, I dig it. To me, it's, it's a Ted classic. I'm surprised this wasn't a single, even though it's not my favorite song. Uh, surprised it wasn't a single. There was a couple of rock stations that used to use this every Friday. You know, this would get played at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, you know, and it, it'd almost be like the whistle blow at the end of the Flintstones, you know, let you know the weekend is here and it's time to party. And it's sad to see there, there's a radio station in uh you know michigan where you know you know ted is huge in the midwest and, and you know ted ted nugent and music like this is all about the midwest growing up south of chicago you know chicago was always working class where new york was like a like an arty farty kind of scene you know and you'd get a lot of arty farty bands come out of new york LA you would get all the pretty shit you know uh, you know the perfect glossy shit but the Midwest was like blue collar working class like fucking you know Bob Seeger fucking you know Ted Nugent shit like that you know and it's just part of your DNA if that's where you grow up and I love this kind of shit unfortunately now at that same radio station he's replaced by Loverboy they play Working for the Weekend instead of Weekend Warriors. Yikes. Both good songs, though. Yeah, no, uh, hey, I love Working for the Weekend, but man, you know, Loverboy's no fucking Ted Nugent. They're Canadian, for Christ's sake. No, Ted Nugent wipes the floor with Mike Reno with his bandana. Yes, and, and, and even when he can fit in those leather pants. You know, he would grab that white bandana and turn it as red as it is now. <laughs> but, uh,. But I, I I love Weekend Warriors, man. It's uh, to me it, it's Ted Ted through and through, and a little bit of uh, you know a remnant back to the first three albums, but not as much as the next song, Cruising. Uh, I love Cruising. Now this is you know, but to me it, it's almost like a uh, a repeat of uh, Motor City Madhouse, you know, because it's got that same like beat to it yep. and it, you know that's like cruising cruise and the Motor City Madhouse yeah. Motor City Mad so it's kind of like repeating himself but it's, it's almost like a you know like a friendly reminder like hey the band might have changed a little bit but here's that same sound you know and love and of course I love you know Motor City Madhouse more but uh but I love cruising too and uh, I think it fits good. You know, it's one. It's it's an album track. You know, it's not a single at all. But it's it's the glue that keeps everything together. And I love that glue. And I sniff that glue. What do you think of cruising? I think this song is fucking awesome. But 
that cues and ruins it. Uh, it's not the worst thing, but yeah, you're you're right, and I always thought that uh, the you know Motor City Madhouse, Motor City Madhouse works. Something about those those words being on repeat sound cool. The cruising, ugh, it just ruins this track. It's like you know, I love the speaking vocals Ted does during this, almost Billy Gibbonish. It's a great track with a big greasy pus-filled pimple. That should have been popped before it was recorded. Uh, that's my only complaint was the coos and the rest of the song is smoking and killer. And I think it could have been a fucking classic if they just would have, you know, worked on the chorus and make it different and, and not repeat it. Just cruising, -na 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 -na, something like that. I don't know, man. Yeah. Just pedophile. Yeah. Pedophile. Cruising for underage girls. Cruising for underage girls. You know. Something like that, you know, it just doesn't really, it, it kind of holds it back. Like I said, it's like a pimple on a hot chick, you know. But, you know, other than that, I think it's a smoking song. All right, the next song, Good Friends and a Bottle of Wine, which I know you like. Oh, uh, yeah. And I think it's a great track. I was so happy to see them finally play this live a few months back. I couldn't believe it, you know. Uh, this is a song I've never seen them play live. And to tell you the truth, I, I wasn't... I was too young to see Ted Nugent on this tour, but if you would have asked me, I would have never thought this would have been a song played live, but boy, for him to play it this year, it must have been like a, a live track back then. I think it's an infectious tune with a great commercial feel. It matches the title. It's a great true, it's a great tune to groove to uh, as you have some wine with some good friends over. It's a, it's a perfect little number. I really did uh, good friends. I would say it's like, my third, third favorite track on All right. Well, this is my favorite track on the album. Uh, one of my all-time favorite Ted Nugent songs. Definitely in the top five. And uh, I think it should be renamed Ode to Dr. Fuck because this totally reminds me of you. Yeah. This this makes me think of you, two chicks, and a bottle of wine. Yeah. That, that, that's what it's about, a menage a trois, you know, with... Uh, with uh, you know some wine is kicking off the party, and I think it's kind of funny because, you know, Ted notoriously is anti-drugs, anti-drinking, uh, but yet he released this song. Yeah. But, you know, another thing that I think should uh, be mentioned is, it wasn't really to the '80s, I believe, that Ted fully came out and said how anti-drinking and druggy was because that really would have killed him in the 70s he would have been seen as a square yeah you know it's it's like he may not have advertised it but he didn't speak out against it really till the 80s and the way he performed live you'd think the guy was like oh yeah on coke, you know? yeah and, and i mean and let's be honest everybody that saw this motherfucker in the 70s and 80s and probably now as drunk as shit or high as shit, you know? Um, so the, the song is kind of like, in a way, it's an, it's a lie, but it's like, you know, it's it's like a like a song on Psycho Circus talking about unity. But uh, unlike Psycho Circus, this is a good song, you know, and, and uh, an amazing song. But it's kind of him, you know, lying about what he's really all about. But... The song is so damn good, it doesn't matter. That fucking riff and that chug and 
You know, it's it's pure Ted Nugent, and you know, I'll get into it later when we finish the album. But it's Ted Nugent is somebody I despise so much, but yet when it comes down to the music, I overlook everything else. Because and, and I applaud you for that because that shows that you are a fan of music. I fucking hate Ted Nugent as a human being. He almost everything he does in life goes against what I believe in and what I stand for. But we're talking about the music here and, and and the best way I could describe it to you is you know, imagine if Rage Against the Machine put out an app, you know, you know, imagine if Black Sabbath had Rage Against the Machine's politics. You know, but you can't deny how great fucking the music is but you detest everything they stand for. That's how I am with Ted Nugent. I, I mean, I even have reservations about reviewing a Ted Nugent album just alone what he said about Dimebag. Right. It, you know, not to mention the pedophilia. You, you know, you know the, the hardcore white, uh, white-wing beliefs that I can't stand. But that's not what I'm talking about. And I can separate it. I can totally separate it. I love when this man plays guitar. My God. You know, and I, I mean, and it, it's, a, it's a lost art. And it's simplistic, but it's complex at the same time. You know, it, it's, it's a variation on Chuck Berry at the core, but still he's so technical and so awesome. There's very few people today that can pull off Ted Nugent and do it right. You know, you know what I mean? He has, but I detest the man and everything he stands for. I, re- I really do. I really think he's a piece of shit as a human being. But he's also done some amazing shit, too. As much as he's all about the troops, this is a guy that did everything to get out of the draft. But this man also plays USO tours all over the world, and I commend that. And I think that's awesome. I think more artists should do that. So that I applaud. But there's so many other things that I can't stand this motherfucker for. But... That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the music. And that's what should matter. Fucking yeah. idiot non-music fans that hate bands because of stuff other than the music. Oh, I used to like this band, but I threw all the right. albums away because of, you know, so-and-so did this and so-and-so right, did that. Right, right. That's just as stupid as people who burned Beatles albums when, uh, you know, John Lennon made that comment about being bigger than God. No, but and, that, 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 was, that was okay, though. Right. Come on, don't you can't bash our Lord and Savior. <laughs> But you, you know what I mean? Okay, I mean, it, it's easy for you to hate on uh, on Rage because you hate him musically as well as... Yeah, you know, well, what they, the what, music what, is terrible. You're right. You don't like the music or what they stand for. But what I'm saying, I mean, I mean to try to get you to understand where I'm coming from is uh, imagine if to your ears what they did musically was as good as Black Sabbath, but they were totally communist and, you know, uh, oppressive. You know, it... I'm just trying to I'm trying to explain the conflicting feelings I have with this, but when I put on this record or or any Ted Nugent record, I don't think about that shit. I really don't. You know, it's just like well, you know, this is great rock and roll. Another thing, like you brought up something that, that horrifies me, the thought of it, like uh, you know, Black Sabbath being my favorite band, if volume four was full of like lyrics about how great Castro is, I think right. it, it would really taint the music for me. You see, Ted Nugent doesn't sing about Republican shit on any of these songs, you know? No, 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 no. His, his shit is always cock rock. 
always yeah. cock rock. I mean, he does dabble, like, you know, kiss my ass and shit like right. that. He does dabble in it. But um, I, you know, I and, and I respect your decision. You are very vocal about your political beliefs. And as you can tell, I kind of, like, keep mine hidden. I, I do have some beliefs, but I honestly feel like, hey, man, um, when it comes to political shit, especially if you're on Facebook, dude, arguing with somebody about politics is the stupidest shit in the world because you have your mindset, you have your own morals, you, you there's no way, Ian, I can change your mind. I mean, cockrocks, oh, and, and I can never change your mind on cockrock, but that's something I will be vocal about because I really do feel like you're fucking wrong, you know? But I don't feel like you're fucking wrong with politics, even though I might not agree with some of it. Some of it I really do, because I don't consider myself Republican or Democrat. But I do like a lot of things on both sides. You know, they, and I hate a lot of things on both sides. But yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing with Ted, um, like I said, I have fundamental uh, differences, especially, you know, a, a man who comes out and says that uh, Dimebag deserved what he got for being. Uh, wait, wait, did he say that? Yes, he said he. The, right after Dimebag got shot, he said Dimebag deserved it. That's what happens when you drink and do drugs. That's how your life ends up. Uh, see, I don't remember that. that. Uh, what that, I remember him saying was that the cat scratch fever cover was totally uh, didn't oh, have no. that groove. Oh yeah, no, he had that later too. But uh, but that that's the thing. Like like now, like you know. You know, they did that as, as a tribute to Ted, you know, because especially, you know, Vinny and Dime, man, they grew up on Ted Nugent. They loved that shit. Couldn't they have picked a different song, though? That's just too obvious. I don't know. I, I thought it was a great cover. Though. Really? I, I, yeah, I loved it. And I didn't uh, think it was bad. I just thought it was just there. It was like, dude, do like Motor City Madhouse or Doggy Dog or, you know. Yeah, but, but but I love, to me, it, it wasn't that thought out. It wasn't that planned. It's like, hey, they're fucked up. Let's play Cat Scratch Fever. I hate it. I, 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 like, Motorhead did it, too. And I'm like, what? It's pointless, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mo Motorheads I thought was terrible. But, but Pantera, I just picture them being drugged out of their fucking minds, fucked up, and, 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 and dying, picking up a guitar, playing that riff, and everybody jumps behind it. That's what I liked about it. Well, let me you hear know? it again. Because I remember, I just heard it, and it was like, why? Well, yeah, to me, it wasn't like this big thought out, like, hey, let's pick the coolest Ted Nugent. To me, it's just like, these guys drunk, he plays that riff, and they all get behind it. But You want to uh, know what a killer cover they did? Though it wasn't, I don't think it was Pantera. It's uh, Dimebag. It's on one of those wrestling albums they did Heard It on the X. Yes. Oh, yeah, my that's a good one. God, that shit. Now, that smokes, man. That yeah, has the yeah. groove, that has the sincerity, the, you yeah. know, that was probably a tribute to Billy Gibbs in the morning. Yeah, yeah, but I think that was more of a thought out. We're, what I'm saying with Cat Scratch Feeder be no different than if you and me were drunk in the studio and we just like, you know, somebody picked up a guitar, played a, played a fucking well-known riff and we just like spur of the moment did it. You know, I don't think they were trying to set the world on fire and hey, this is going to be an album track. It's just one of those things. But anyway, this cocksucker said that Dimebag deserved that shit because that's what happens when you live a life of drinking and drugs. Well, that's and, bullshit. Not, and fuck you, Ted Nugent, saying that. Yeah, and, and that's why, uh, like, like Vinny now will have nothing to do with Ted or his music. Phil won't have anything to do with Ted and his music. 
and where they used to love it. But I can understand that, dude. That'd be like, like if you got killed and, and fucking, you know, Terrence said good, he deserved it, you know. Well, come on. I mean, I passed Terrence pretty good. I think I did. Oh, uh, I, I, okay. I mean, if Mark said it, I would. No, no, no that. That, that, that's wrong. I wouldn't listen to that freaking fraction. Terrence is a Terrence is a thing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's shit like that, that that tells you about how conflicted I am on this band. But I do love the music. And speaking of the music I love, I'm talking about the last track, Name Your Poison. I think is a great deep cut and a great closer. A total album track, but the best example of an album track. Uh, no single potential at all, but a great way to end an album that makes me want to hear more Ted Nugent. What do you think of Name Your Poison? Great guitar wielding, as always, on 70s Ted Nugent album. Boy, but what a fucking filler this track is. Really? This is saved by his glorious wanking that never bores me. But to me, it's unmemorable song-wise. It's just flat, a thud of an ending. Not the climax I want because of the other tra few tracks. It's not a bad album, just... A flat ending. I I, uh, I would say it's my least favorite. No, wait. No, no, no. Tight spots. I don't know. Maybe it's a toss-up between tight spots and Name Your Poison. I think it's very unmemorable and probably like, come on, Ted, we need to get back on the road. Hurry up. That's how Damn. I it. But it's saved by what, what great guitar playing on this track. But there's, you know, Ted Nugent really did no wrong as far as guitar playing on all the songs, but I'm talking... Let's eliminate the guitar and let's just talk about the song itself. I don't think it's a good tune at all. I think it's a thud. It's flat. It just doesn't. Yeah. It's 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 it's. I feel the same way on this song. How Ted feels about Pantera Scotch Uh, well, we agree to disagree, but that is the Ted Nugent 1978 album Weekend Warriors. Great pick. Uh, Great review, I must say. Yeah, yeah, the review was better than the album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, produced by Lou Flutterman, Cliff Davies. Flutterman! Yes. That's his name, and Flutterman. Tom, and Tom Worman. Uh, this was the height of Ted Nugent mania. And, you know, you got to think, uh, you know, coming off of Cat Scratch Fever, then he's got, you know, uh, you know, a huge hit with Double Live Gonzo. Then this album came out, and everybody, you know, I, I think agreed this was a step down. You know, it's like going from Shout at the Devil to Theater of Pain, but it's not without its good tracks. But uh, this did go platinum. But then after this, it was kind of all over. But by 78, disco had really started taking over. You started seeing bands like Black Sabbath and, and, and all these, you know, early 70s bands struggle you know i think the, the the anomaly was van halen who would just keep getting bigger but a lot of these other bands suffered and especially ted nugent in the 80s and uh you know i mean after this there was state of shock and scream dream and scream dream uh, did did do good for him though it was it was a popular album for the time right and in texas and ten cities but then after that you know, you had the um, uh, Nugent, where uh, Derek St. Holmes came back for one album. I saw that tour, Benny by Apple, the way. He was on drums. I saw that tour. And then, and then there was, uh, uh, what was it? Little uh, Miss Dangerous, which was his boy. Yeah, Little Miss Dangerous. There was one before that, uh, Penetrator. Was that before? Yeah, 
Okay, yeah, you yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, you penetrator. are right. And, you know, there was all this, you know, controversy with Penetrator, with, uh, you know, the video that got banned from MTV and you shit. You got me tied up in love. That one? No, it, it's it's a song. Uh, what, what was the song? Uh, they made a video got banned. Yeah, because oh, yeah. uh, Tied oh, Up in yeah. Love was played on uh, MTV. Yeah, the song on Penetrator was called Banging 28-Year-Olds. What? And, yeah. And in the video, it's him in bed with 28-year-old kids. <laughs> oh, you're and, right. Yeah, and <laughs> it, was, it was banned by MTV. And uh, basically, nobody gave a fuck about Ted Nugent until fucking damn Yankees came out. And that shit's terrible. That's like fucking, uh, you know, that... I mean, there's a few songs I like, but for the most part, that's some firehouse shit. You know, that that's that's right there with Trickster. To well, me, that's that's hair metal. Not okay. not even cock rock. It's like hair metal. But I mean, there's some good like uh, "Coming of Age." I thought was a good song. "Coming of Age," "Pile Driver," "Rules." Right, but uh, you know, "High Enough," dude. Yeah, high no, enough, I'm not like you know, that. That shit's that shit's no different than fucking "Love of a Lifetime." Okay, by all right. I, I, I disagree, but I will agree that it's as lame as that song. They're both lame, right. but I think "Once in a Lifetime" is much more sappier. Right, but uh, but still, like I said, I, I hate the man. I love and respect the music, and nothing will change that. We will definitely be doing some more Ted Nugent reviews in the future. I want to uh, stick to the definitely 70s, include... man. Well, I don't know, man, dude. I want to do Intensities and Ten Cities. No, I mean, with an exception. You know, I liked a lot yeah. of Spirit of the Wild. was really good. Really good album. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I also like doing... The fucking weird albums too, man. I would love doing an album that maybe we don't agree on, but hey, let's just shine a light on it because maybe somebody else will like it. Yeah. You know, hey, we love women, and Andrew Jacobs hates women, <laughs> so maybe we can turn him out to something. You know, something we hate, he might love. Yeah, there you go. You know, there you go. All right. Well, it won't be uh, a vixen album. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely won't be heart. Uh, why don't you uh, go out with your pick of the week, there, brother? All right, I'm gonna. I, I, I'm also gonna tease the audience with my pick of the week. Soon, me and Ian just talked about this, and I said I want to do a Drunken Friday show reviewing this album. And, oh yeah! And I know a lot of people. Jesus Christ! I don't think there's anybody on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Facebook page that would not agree with me that this album fucking rules. Talk about the 1981 Def Leppard album, High and Dry. Uh, a lot of people point to this as their best album. I don't know, man. Between this and the, se- the first one, I might I might give the edge to High and Dry. It is such a slamming album, so well executed. And I would love to get drunk and talk about my love for that album. Uh, so that's my pick of the week, Def Leppard's High and Dry. All right, great pick, and and I love it. Uh, but I would say, as far as going between what's their best, I would say by far it's between High and Dry and uh, High oh, Romania. Okay. I, I, you know, I and I, I love, you know, and we have an episode on on through the night. But uh, Pyromania, yeah. Pyromania is fucking awesome. I love that fucking album, but it does have a couple stiffs, and one day we will do that one too. Maybe we yeah, should do a back-to-back. Yeah, that, that'd be interesting, because I think we're going to disagree on that shit. Well, most of it I love. Even the hits I love. But, 
there's a couple songs on there that I feel are just, I don't know, man. That album is so awesome that it does have its, like, uh, kind of, it does have its flaws. Two flaws, yes. as I uh, think about it. Yeah, but it ain't got no fucking slick black Cadillac or Thunderbird, I'll tell you that much. Or Hysteria, the whole album. Ooh, ooh. Hey, I, I do like women. Unlike Andrew Jacobs, I love women. That's yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, women was the first single. And, yes, and a bomb. And when I heard it for the first time, I was like, yeah, dude. And then I bought the album and I was like, no, dude. Oh, I was the same way. It was like the only good track on the album. Uh, uh, but there was another good song that was a B-side. You remember the song? Um, Tear it down. Got to be a better way. You remember that one? I think I heard. I never bought the single. No, no. That song, believe it or not, when women came out on the radio, they would play that song a lot on the radio because it was the B-side to women. Well, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe in Florida, but not in Chicago. And when, and this is very rare, that year uh, they played the MTV Music Award, and that's the song they played. They played "Tear It Down." They didn't play nothing from Hysteria. They played "Tear It Down." Yeah, that, that I think I do remember. It's that's weird. I, I do love that song. And I love. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, women. Women is great, but I don't think it's as great today as it was then. It hasn't really aged that well, but it's still not a bad tune. Who Maybe, knows? Maybe the, someday we'll do a hysteria review just to fucking scream. We gotta find somebody that loves that shit, and that won't be hard. No, no, because there's a lot of homos out there. Well, not not just homos. It's just people that were. Well, no, I, I I take that back because I know a lot of homos with good taste. Yeah, uh, but you know, it came out during that that critical, crucial part of their lives when they were first getting into music and Hysteria was their first uh, Def Leppard. Yeah, you know? well, so, like, like a lot of people, like I guess you, what was your first Maiden? Uh, Somewhere, Somewhere in Time. time. And, and you love that album. Yeah, but the difference is Somewhere in Time is good. Well, it's better than Hysteria, that's for sure, but you're damn right. I think if you're stretching it, we're good. And check out that episode. Boy, Ian was funny on that one. Yeah, that's a great one. All right. Well, my pick of the week, um, I really don't have an album per se, but uh, because when this artist came out, it was way more about singles uh, than albums. But I would say pick up any greatest hits by Little Richard. Uh, I got to agree with the great Lemmy Kilmeister that the greatest voice of rock and roll, that fucking voice. And I don't care if you're fucking homophobic or whatever, you know, and you got a problem with that. I'm talking about the music. I'm talking about, you know, Tutti Fruity, the girl can't help it. Slipping in the slide. Uh, oh, my God. Little Richard is just fucking amazing. Right there, you know, with me with Chuck Berry. I love them both. I got to give a nod to Chuck musically. Uh, for what he laid down guitar-wise, but song structure-wise and singing, I totally got to give it to Little Richard. Uh, you know, in my opinion, miles and miles above uh, above Elvis. And I know you love Elvis. A lot of people love Elvis, but to me, it's like the difference. You know, like Elvis is Pat Boone compared to fucking Little Richard and Chuck Berry. Then I guess you disagree with Lemmy when it comes to Elvis. Oh, he he liked Elvis too, but he, he was he was more into uh, into Chuck Berry and Little Richard even. But he did like Elvis. He loved him. 
But, uh, man, check out some fucking Little Richard. And, uh, man, that is just the, the roots. And, and you can even hear it. I mean, it, even if it's not necessarily your thing, just listen to the song structure, the chord structure, the songs, and you can see the foundation that was really laid for rock and roll. I mean, it's all there. It's all, all the building blocks are right there. And it's just way cooler than Elvis, my opinion. Well, I mean, uh, and I, agree, I, I, I respect your opinion on everything, but the same reason you hate Elvis, you can also equate the Beatles to that, because the Beatles totally took what Little Richard did and made it popular with the woos, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm not like the biggest Little Richard fan, but you know, I have this really deep respect for him, not really because of the Beatles. The thing that I love the most about Little Richard was the impact he had on fucking Malcolm and Angus Young. Those guys worship Little Richard. And uh, and I think it was because of Little Richard we have an ACDC. Or if, maybe not, but we have the sound. Because to be ACDC is like Little Richard Amplified. And, and uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know. I mean, I guess I should have known, but I didn't know that... Uh... That oh yeah, that, that big into Little Richard. I Actually, love that. there is an interview with Angus, like talking about Little Richard, how how much of an impact Little Richard had on him as a little kid, as well as Chuck Berry. Believe it or not, I've never heard them talk about Elvis. Right. But, well, that that just shows you science. I didn't even know that, but just science proves that you have the great, amazing ACDC because of these two brothers that I hold in such high esteem. Hey, well, one's a brother and one's a sister. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's go into Fan of the Week. And Fan of the Week this week, uh, you know, normally what I do is, you know, I'll go on, on the Facebook page right before we record and see who jumps out at me. And every once in a while, I'll see a name like, holy fuck, I can't believe I've never made this dude Fan of the Week. And that definitely happened today. And this is a brother from Sweden who's been around for a long time. And brother, I'm sorry. I know I'm fucking up your name. But I believe it's Joachim Bratstrom. Yes, yes. He's always on the Facebook page, right? Yeah, yes. From from Sweden. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, fuck, dude. You've been here forever and I've never picked you. And for that, I apologize. And... It's probably because I couldn't pronounce your name, your Kim Bratstorm. I'm sorry. But, uh, dude, you, you are well-deserving of Fan of the Week. You've been here forever and, and commenting. And, uh, man, sometimes people thought, fall through the cracks. And I'm sorry you did because uh, you should have been one a long time ago. But now is your week. So whenever you hear this, I hope you haven't given up the faith like Bon Jovi. And uh, you still listen and uh, enjoy your week, brother. You are our fan of the week. You mean Bon Jovi gave up faith on cock? <laughs> no, they still love that shit. Congratulations, you Swede. I'm glad that you're part of the Facebook family. And that goes out to everybody else that's on the Facebook family. Thank you all. And I also want to say a special thanks to everybody I banned. Thank you for staying gone. <laughs> that means you, James Goodman. Who? Cool. <laughs> All right, let's get to the plugs. Listen to the Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, 
Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot UK. 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. All right, KISS Army. Since 2007... You've been getting podcast, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the KISS room, brings you KISS talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great KISS fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to podcast. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to podcast. The podcast. The KISS Audio Fanzine for your ears. Music's most diverse podcast. Starring Luke Innes, Greg Sims Bootlegs and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addicts and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watch It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. All right, well, if you love that Sweaty Teddy episode, and we know you did, come back next week. When we have an exclusive interview with... Oh, my God, really? Oh, wait, wait, you haven't said it yet. Yes. We have an exclusive interview with Ted Nugent's wife. When we find out if she's really learned her ABCs and how she can ride a bike without training wheels. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.